One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we'll be looking ahead to the stories that will be making news and uh, possibly even moving markets. I'm Robert Miller. Over in America, the next earnings season gets into full swing with updates from some of Wall Street's biggest banks. And remember, all of whom, of course, have big presence in London. That's along with some of the big US consumer companies also reporting figures. And on the official side, there'll be retail sales and inflation numbers. And talking of numbers, there are full year results to look forward to from Sports Direct and Dixon's Carphone. I'm joined by Richard Fletcher, business editor of The Times, Rebecca Clancy, our head of breaking news. And on the line from New York, we have Alexandra Freen, The Times US business editor. A warm welcome to you all. And uh, Alex in New York, perhaps I can start with you. The US earnings season gets us into full swing. Just set the scene for us, if you will. What are we expecting? Well, investors have been tossed around uh, in the last few weeks with the Greek crisis and everything else that's been going on. So I think they're looking for a bit of reassurance and they're probably not going to get it. I think they can expect modest growth in second quarter earnings. That's what uh, analysts are saying. Um, Then again, the analysts got it completely wrong for the first quarter. They were far too gloomy and predicted um, an overall decline in earnings. In fact, they rose. And if you strip out the oil companies, which did so badly, earnings rose by nearly 9% in the first quarter. So um, the, the analysts have been a bit too pessimistic. There will be some bright spots. Certain sectors, financials, healthcare, will do really well. But overall, everything's going to be dragged down yet again by the energy sector, where earnings are probably predicted to fall by about 63% for the quarter. So pretty gloomy. Alex, it's Richard here. Do, do we think that the, the markets will sort of interpret the earnings, they'll, they'll read into that when we're likely to see the first rate rise in, in, in the US? Well, they will because they always do. They look for any single factor that might influence the rate rise. I mean, the Federal Reserve seems a lot more sanguine about everything than investors, and they are still saying that this this soft period we're seeing uh, is transitory. They are still pointing to signs of wage growth and signs of uh, greater consumer activity. So I, I, th- I think people will really want to know if the consumer companies are doing better. Are, are people taking money out of their pockets and spending? And so far, those figures have been very mixed. The consumer confidence figures are up, but so are savings figures. And consumer spending figures are not up 
very, very much. So we'll need to see a bit more of that for investors to feel confident of a rate rise in September. I was just about to ask, is the consensus still September then, or do you think it could change next week, depending on what these results that are coming out say? Well, as of now, the consensus is still September, but it does keep flagging around a bit. You know, it was it was June a couple of months ago. So right now, people are still saying September. So we've already had Alcoa uh, report. Who are we um, looking for next week? We've got um, the big banks, um, which are all supposed to do very well. Overall, the big five are expected to report earnings growth of nearly 12%. Um, we've got um, some consumer companies, particularly Yum Brands, which I believe is of interest to our uh, British readers that they own Pizza Hut and KFC. Taco Bell and KFC, that's right. So well-known brands in England. A Fletcher family favourite. Are we going to see any shocks from the banks? Obviously, they've all been getting fined quite a lot with the LIBOR and Forex rigging. Are there any? Could we be seeing any surprises? I don't think so. I think the one to really look at is Bank of America, which has been pummeled the most by penalties and to see how they have been weathering that. But by and large... That is all done with, we think. Those are legacy issues, aren't they, Alex? And they do seem to crop up again and again. But as you referred to there, do you think this might be the first quarter in literally years that we are beginning to see signs of an end to this this constant expenses, findings and uh, litigation? I wouldn't like to say that, actually. I mean, if you talk to regulators behind the scenes in Washington, D.C., they are still out to get the banks, whether they succeed I don't know, but they're not done yet. It seems to be in a lot of cases, looking at the system over there, that it's politically driven even. These people are running for public office or are in public office. Do you think that perhaps they are overdoing it on the banks? It's overkill, there's too much regulation now. Is that the feeling on Wall Street? And it's affecting the share price. Well, the banks will tell you that. I don't believe it for one minute. Um, I think that what happened in the financial crisis showed us that they had invented their own little reality, which was different to the rest of reality, and they needed to be brought back into, into the rest of our world. And the fact that no individuals or very few individuals have really been held to account still really rankles on Capitol Hill and amongst many ordinary Americans. And so... There are still people out there trying to prepare cases. Well, we mentioned earlier, didn't we? We've got JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America and Goldman Sachs, all of whom have a huge presence in London. What's the view on Wall Street about London's role in, if you like, the global circle of, of trading? Is it still as important or would they look to moving, do you think? No, I think it's still very important. And we've even seen uh, big investors like um, Stephen Cohen, who closed down his um, investment firm in London in 2013 when he hit regulatory issues, saying he wants to reopen. People look to London still. Well, that's a, that's a reassuring thing. Now, you mentioned there the uh, Pizza Hut, KFC and Taco Bells. The, oh, I don't like to call it the Fletcher family stable diet because I'm sure they eat healthily as well. But we've also got official figures looking at those retail sales. Are they reasonably strong? I, again, I would use the word modest. I mean, it, 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 it's puzzling to um, a lot of analysts why the retail fi- sales figures haven't been more consistently strong than they are. But if you look at what consumers are doing with their money, they are paying down credit card debt and they are saving. So um, although consumer spending is going up, 
people, I think, are still a bit concerned about the lack of wage growth and still not spending as freely as um, the companies would like to see them do. Right, Alex, sit tight there. We'll be back to you shortly. But looking at the UK corporate scene, full year results, first of all from Sports Direct. Richard, what are we expecting from them? Well, Sports Direct, that retailer with a sort of hedge fund, investment fund on the side that invests in other retailers. Sports Direct as a retailer is doing very well, uh, and Mike Ashley is a very talented retailer. The problem with Sports Direct is uh, it's a slightly unconventional business, um, and they've had quite a tough year, actually, in terms of being put through the ring. So Mike Ashley, who is the founder of Sports Direct and officially the deputy chairman, uh, he's been dragged in front of MPs to uh, talk about the collapse of USC, which was one of these retailers that Mike bought. Not that he'd appear, though. So not that he would appear, absolutely. Uh, and we've also had he's lost his tussle for Rangers. Uh, he's had a run-in uh, with MPs again and the Institute of Directors over zero-hour contracts. So as ever with Sports Direct, I mean, it's been a hugely successful retailer. No one can take that away from Mike. But the question as ever, and the question that's been the same question for the last five years is, should it be a quoted company? To give an example, you know, they had a 17-month search for a finance director um, and then after 17 months discovered that actually the whole time that the, the guy who'd been standing in internally was actually up to the job. You know, this is a FTSE 100 company, let's not forget. Uh, you said, should it be a floated company? The shares have given their investors a bit of a ride. Their share price is basically where it was a year ago, and it's been a massive roller coaster since then. Would you invest? I definitely wouldn't invest. Uh, I, I respect Mike as a retailer, but I've always been a very bearish of this stock. So obviously I've called it wrong uh, for a number of years because... having had a terrible debut it actually soared uh, in price and the likes of Andy Bruff at Schroeder's made an awful lot of money investing but I just think with Mike you just never know what's going to come next remember he took this stake in Tesco via these rather strange derivatives he's got a stake in Debenhams Um, you know it's a fantastic business model effectively he he, he piggybacks off uh, Nike and Adidas uh, and he has these own brands which he's acquired over many years um, uh, and he basically he uses he uses the, the the trainers to get people into the stores, and then he he basically sells at very high margin uh, what is effectively owned label uh, Lonsdale etc. Which which he owns and 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 makes no investment in the brand and and just sweats them very very effectively. Moving on to Dixon's car phone, relatively new company in its present form. What do you expect? When we had this merger a year ago, I think some unkind commentators suggested that this was two drunks propping each other up. And I have to say, uh, Sebastian James, who is the charming chief executive, uh, very aristocratic, uh, old Etonian chum of the Prime Minister, has, uh, has proved those doubters wrong. I mean, the Internet of Things... But uh, which he talks about maybe slightly bizarre, but he has done a good job and they are delivering the numbers and the shares are up sharply over the last year. Were you a doubter? Uh, I was a doubter, yes. <laughs> Proven wrong? <laughs> Proven wrong. Big slice of humble pie to eat. It is also doing well off the back of the death of its retail, of its rivals, sorry, as well. Yeah, so very much boosted by the death of Phones for You. It's obviously had a good run. It's up against uh, quite easy comparisons. But it, it does appear to be, uh, at this stage anyway, appear to be a, a, a rare example of a merger that actually appears to have created some value. What do you think of the move into the US, obviously, announced a couple of weeks ago that it was um, doing a deal with Sprint? 
Well, the US has obviously been a graveyard uh, for British retailers. And remember, Dixon's in uh, many, many decades ago in the 1980s bought a business called Silo, uh, which quickly uh, went kaput. So it's, uh, and we've seen Sainsbury's, uh, we've seen Marks and Spencer's, and obviously most famously of all, we've seen Tesco struggle uh, to break into the US market. But this is slightly different. It's a joint venture with Sprint. It's, it's very small sums of money that are at risk. So uh, I wish them luck. Also worth noting that Dixon's is one of the few companies doing quite well out of Greece as well. Absolutely. They have a deal whereby uh, if you are unemployed for a certain period in, in Greece, you are, you're given a, a, a computer uh, to let you apply for jobs. And uh, as you say, uh, Dixon's done quite well out of this because they've been one of the suppliers. Alex, if I could just bring you in there, there's many, uh, uh, particularly retailers who've set off for the United States. This is going to be a rough ride for them, do you think? Breaking into the US mobile phone market is difficult because it's dominated by such huge players. That said, there is really room for some competition. Mobile phones are so much more expensive here. I mean, the, the usage plans are so much more expensive here. Um, I was shocked when I first came here how, how much more it costs. So, How much does it cost, roughly? It's, it's, you, you're lucky if you can get away with less than 100 and dollars a month. I mean, I've got my kids on a really cheap plan from Walmart, of all people. They offer a plan where they piggyback on the other major carriers. That's $45, but that's the cheapest I could find for just a very basic phone service. Uh, are we paying for your phone, Alex? Uh, yes. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> I knew it would all come deal. out in the wash in the end. <laughs> I've got you a great deal. Alex, um, thank you for that. And uh, finally, Richard, just moving on, the Times Annual CEO Summit is coming up. Just explain what it is. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's exactly five years ago that the um, the Times brought together uh, the then uh, rather new coalition government to meet with business and talk about their priorities and, and talk about coalition government. So five years on, uh, we plan to bring together the great and the good from both British business and the world of politics here at our fantastic headquarters uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but they'll spend the day, well, half half a day talking about the uh, issues that matter to business. We're going to have Nicola Sturgeon, uh, I think, which is probably the first time since the referendum campaign that she's met with senior business figures. She's going to, there's going to be a Q&A, which could be fantastic. We've got the business secretary, we've got other senior ministers, um, and we've got some great chief executives from the FTSE 100 and the FTSE 250 um, you can you can read all about it obviously the next day in the paper and on the day we will be live blogging and tweeting away as, as we discuss the big issues that affect the business world. Well there's certainly plenty of those to get your teeth into, well thanks Richard there and remember as Richard said you can follow those events as they happen at the Times CEO Summit as well as live updates uh, all the news on our Business Now live blog, that's in a pop-up form on our website and if you are a Times subscriber Remember, you can sign up to our daily morning and lunchtime emails. And if you want to hear us weekly, you can subscribe through iTunes. My thanks to Richard Fletcher, Rebecca Clancy and Alexandra Freen. They're in New York and they're all on Twitter, so do follow them. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.